Would you turn with me to Romans, the 16th chapter, this morning? Romans 16, we started last week on a new series. And this is our text in Romans 16, if you would look at it, the last chapter of Romans. And down about the 26th verse, almost the last verse, next to the last. He said, Romans 16:26. now is made manifest by the scriptures of the prophets according to the commandment of the everlasting God, made known to all nations for the obedience of faith. Say that last phrase out loud with me, please. The obedience of faith. Again, the obedience of faith. Now, we saw that phrase two other places in the book of Romans, and you'll see other references to believing and obeying. They are connected, believing and obeying. Faith obeys what God said, even when it doesn't understand why or doesn't see how. Uh, When you trust somebody, you'll do what they say. And when we trust our God, we will obey Him. And if we say we believe Him, we say we have faith in Him, but we cannot be persuaded to obey, then we're deceiving ourselves. Said out loud again, the obedience obedience of faith. Go to Isaiah, please, the first chapter. Isaiah 1. This has been growing in me for some months now, just getting bigger and bigger. I've known it was important for a long time, but I don't think I've seen the universal scope of it, how big it really is. And I am believing the Lord that you and I are going to grow in the knowledge of this and get revelation and understanding. And we are going to cease being disobedient, which is slash unbelieving. And let's get these things connected in our minds. When you talk about believing God, what are you talking about? You're talking about obeying God. Hmm? When you're talking about disobeying God, you're talking about not trusting Him. Not believing in him. In fact, in uh, don't turn there, but in uh, Zephaniah 3.2, it talked about the rebellious city. It said, they obeyed not the voice. She received not correction. She trusted not the Lord. Did you hear this? Obeyed not. Didn't receive correction. Trusted not the Lord. Why wouldn't they receive the correction? Why wouldn't they obey the Lord? Because they don't trust him. They trust their self more. I know what I want to do. I trust me. What I know, what I see. It takes faith to obey. You know, Abraham such a perfect example of this. The Bible said in Hebrews 11, that great faith chapter, he believed God, so he obeyed God and went out, not knowing where he was going. Oh, that pleases God. Can you get the picture? He's packing up. His neighbors come and say, you moving, Abraham? Yep, we're leaving. Where are you going? Where are you moving to? I thought you liked it. Or you've been here for years. Where are you going? Uh, I think that away. 
What do you mean? What city? Jehovah will show me. You mean you don't know where you're moving to? How do you tell the movers where to go? (laughs) Well, that takes faith. He trusted God. He believed God. He's called the friend of God. It was counted to him for righteousness. But notice, he obeyed God. Somebody say obey. He's not just the father of faith. He's also the father of obedience. Faith and obedience go hand in hand. Isaiah 1. Isaiah 1, beginning in verse 1. The vision of Isaiah, the son of Amos, which he saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem in the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, Hezekiah, kings of Judah. Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth, for the Lord has spoken. I have nourished and brought up children, and they have rebelled against me. Has God ever had any trouble with his kids? Yes, Yes, he has. With what? Rebellion. Rebellion. Now, we're going to, that's what we're going to get into today. We're talking about uh, disobedience. Why do people disobey? Rebellion. Rebellion. Now, this word sounds too strong for a lot of folks. But it's because of the subtlety of rebellion. And we're going to get into it today, and I want you to see it. I want you to get it ingrained in your mind and eyes. I want you to recognize this ugly stuff ten miles away. And make up your mind that you are not going to participate in it. You are not going to let it rest in your bosom. You're not going to let it be in your mind and heart. He said, I have nourished and brought up children, and they have rebelled against me. Why would anybody rebel against God? He's so good. He's never lied to anybody. He's never let anybody down. He's never failed. He's never been deceptive or undermined or backstabbed or never. And yet, millions have and are rebelling against him. He said, verse 3, the ox knows his own owner, the ass, the donkey knows his master's crib, Israel does not know, your people does not consider. He said, uh, an ox knows his master, a donkey knows who owns him, my people don't know who their God is. Hmm. Said out loud, I know who my God is. And I don't rebel against him. I submit to him. I trust him. I obey him. Get these words in your mouth. Don't let this be the last time you say it. You know, believe, do you believe the Spirit of God is leading us this direction? Then this is more than just Keith talking. The Spirit of God is speaking to us about these things. So get it in your mind and your heart and say it on a continuous basis, especially right now, just out of the blue, say, I obey God. I obey God. I mean, you're going through your day. You're working at your place. Just open your mouth and say, I obey God. I obey God. I trust God and I obey God. I believe in God and I obey God. I obey God. 
Say it out loud, even if it doesn't look like that's what you've been doing. Say it. Get your words working for yourself. Uh, you know, you see children that mess up and, you know, are defiant and rebellious. And you'll see parents telling them, you're a bad kid. You're a rebellious kid. You're a disobedient kid. No, understand the faith principle. Call them an obedient child, even if they're acting like something else. Call them a blessing, even though they've been acting like a curse. Call them. Huh? I don't care if they're stomping their feet and and red in the face. You look at them and go, you are an obedient child. Now, yes, you are. Yes, you are. I'm talking about if it's your child. Particularly, you have a right. And even if it's not your child, speak a good word over them. You're an obedient. Don't never call a child a bad child. You're a bad child. No, don't say that. What if everything that came out of your mouth came to pass? What if God turned up the power on your words so that everything that came out of your mouth happened? If you want to have more power in your words, you must be more selective about what you say. So only say it if you want it to happen. He went on to say that they had forsaken the Lord. They provoked the Holy One of Israel to anger. They're gone away backward. And uh, if you skip on down to verse 19, this all flowed together. He said what? If you'd be willing. Now notice, how did it start off? He said, I brought up children and they rebelled against me. If you would be willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. We read in Job last week, if they obey him, they'll spend their their days in prosperity and their years in pleasure. Is there a blessing to obeying God? But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured with the sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. Does it pay to obey? Does it cost to disobey, to rebel? Oh, it does. Oh, it does. Let's define for a bit. We said, what does obey mean? Obey means to listen to, pay attention to, to yield to, to submit to. It means what you think it does. Obey. And what is the opposite of obedience? Disobedience. Now, specifically, we're talking about rebellion. You know, people use, they get things mixed up and it's not good for understanding of them or their children. Take lying, for instance. People sometimes come, I've had people tell me, you know, did such and such happen? They say, yeah, yeah, it happened because they thought it did. They believed it did. And they came back later and said, you know, I lied to you because turns out it didn't happen. No, if you believed it happened, you did not lie to me. So don't talk like that. Don't use that kind of language. You were mistaken. You believed it was that way. You thought it was that way. And you were wrong. That's not a lie. A lie is deception. You knew it wasn't that way. And you tried to get me to believe something that was not true. Which is one of the most devilish things a man or woman can do in this life. 
God hates it. So should you. Doesn't mean you hate people, but you hate lying. And you hate, you love liars, but you hate lying. (laughs) Y'all were a little weak on that part. I don't love liars. You love people in spite of them lying. But you can hate lying. You can hate deception. It is one of the most devilish things, one of the most, as far as the character and nature of the devil. How many remember John said, uh, the devil is a liar and he is the father of it. He conceived lying. He gave birth to it. God did not create deception. The devil, it came out of him. He's the father of it. Deception. And the reason I'm talking about it is because you're going to see deception and rebellion go hand in hand. They are partners. Now, it may take you a little bit to see this. And how many are believing God with me? Because with a lot of people, we're on new ground, new territory. And so I need to move not too fast, but not too slow. But this is important. You may hear some things that sound a little different to your ears But don't throw it away. Don't just take my word for it. Is it here in the book? Let it get inside you. If it is the word. Now he says. Here in Isaiah. If they're willing and obedient. It'll be good. They'll eat the good of the land. If you refuse and rebel. To rebel. Let me give you the definition of that. Means to oppose. It literally means to oppose. Now, oppose is, uh, you know, a root word where we get the word opposition. Oppose. Literally, it has to do with meaning against. Against. To rebel means to oppose. It also involves the idea of disobeying one who's in authority or control. To oppose. It is... The spirit of anti. You know what I mean by that? Antichrist means what? Against the Christ. Opposed to the Christ. Is that a right spirit? Is that a good spirit? That's the worst. Anti is against. Well now, every one of us in here have experienced this anti-spirit. And every one of us in here have yielded to this anti-spirit. Anti. Against. Opposed. If somebody says, do this, what does the anti-rebellious spirit say? No, I'm not going to do it. What if you say, it's up, what does anti-spirit say? No, it's down. (laughs) Huh? It is the spirit of opposition, of opposing, of instead of complying with and doing it and obeying, it is resistant and opposing and saying no. I'm telling you, God hates it. It is the cause of all of the tragedy and death and destruction that is in the earth. It's what Adam did in the beginning. In fact, I'll just read it to you. The Bible said concerning Adam, you know that they were told not to eat of the fruit 
of the knowledge of good and evil, weren't they? Weren't they told not to eat of that? So what'd they do? So naturally they ate of it. But is that serious? We laugh about that. People think it's cute when little ones, you tell them, no, leave that alone, don't touch that. So what do they do? They get to looking at it going. So people think that's funny. That ain't funny. I know it may appear cute. It is the nature of the devil. So what are you saying? My little baby's got a devil? No, I didn't say that. But you need to train them at a very early age not to yield to the enemy. Amen. Hmm? And the moment, I mean, little ones, little ones know this. You direct them to do something and they know what you want them to do and they look at you and go, eh, eh. That ain't cute. I said it ain't cute. It's what got the devil kicked out of heaven. It's what got Adam and Eve kicked out of the garden. It's what could keep you out of the will of God. And if you love that baby, you do not want them to miss God's will for their life. If that is left unchecked and it is developed, it can ruin their school years. It can ruin their relationships. It can ruin their marriage. It can ruin their profession. Did you hear me? This, I ain't going to do it. You can't make me. No, this opposition, this rebellion, you've experienced it. I've experienced it. You've yielded to it. So have I. But we need to understand how God despises this and how dangerous it is. It is, in fact, something for which if you won't do anything about it, there is no cure. I'm going to read to you scriptures along this line. This can get you into places where it is unfixable. Can't be fixed. I know that's a hard thing to say, but it's what the Bible says. Adam, the Bible said in 1 Timothy 2.14, was not deceived. Eve was deceived. Adam was not. Well, if he wasn't deceived, what does that mean? He knew what he was doing. Well, what's he doing then? Hosea 6, 7, the New Living Testament. It says, like Adam, you broke my covenant and rebelled against me. Adam did what? He broke the covenant. What else did he do? I don't know that we've camped on this like we should. Adam, it's not like they're out there and went, oops. Was that the wrong tree? Oh, (laughs) no, I'm so sorry. We didn't mean. Now, people will lie and act like that. And in fact, notice everything was perfect. Adam and Eve were perfect. Their relationship with God and each other was perfect. But notice what happens after they do this. They yield to rebellion. That's when they start going down. And the next thing you know, they're out there hiding, trying to pretend they don't hear God calling for them. Isn't that what you're doing? Every other time, God says, Adam, Eve, they go, yeah. 
Now they're pretending like they're not around. They don't hear him. And then when he talks to them about it, hmm, Adam says, well, the woman, she said it was the serpent. And he was trying to point to somebody, but there was nobody around. (laughs) Trying to blame, shift, deception and rebellion go hand in hand. Adam knew better. He rebelled. In fact, listen to how it says it here. Uh, Genesis 3.17, don't turn there, but Genesis 3.17, to Adam God said, Because you have hearkened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree which I commanded you, saying, You shall not eat of it. Then he talked about the curse being on the ground. He listened to his wife instead of listening to God. Now, I know that some folk think their wife is the Holy Ghost. (laughs) And if you have a wife that prays and hears from God, you are a blessed man. But she is not the Holy Ghost. And you are not to go to her for direction. Men. Oh, this is popular, isn't it? This is big popular. I don't know what the men I've had tell me, well, you know, you know, my wife's the prayer and she's so much more sensitive to God than I am. And so normally I just say, baby, what's God saying? What are you getting? And we just do what the Lord tells her to do. Well, then she's the head of the house and you're weak and unspiritual. And one day you're going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And the Lord's going to ask you why you went this way and led your family that way and why you trailed behind and followed your wife this way and that way. And you're going to say, well, Lord, you know my wife and you know how unspiritual I was. He's not going to hear any of it. There will be no acceptable excuse. Oh, this is big fun, isn't it? Somebody say, well, my wife is more spiritual. Well, that's your fault. Your fault. Because you don't pray. Because you don't read your Bible. And you can try to give her the responsibility. And some women have to do some things because their men won't do anything. They're weak. I'm glad I do not have a church full of weak, unspiritual men. But men that actually pray. And read their Bible. And seek God. God said, you listen to your wife instead of listening to me. And you're cursed. He rebelled. He wanted to go with his wife. His wife was going the wrong way and he wanted to go with her. And I'm sure he thought he might lose her if he made that stand. And it's not easy to stand when loved ones are going the wrong way. And you know if you keep that stance, there's going to be separation and distance. That's hard. But you must. I said you must obey God. Somebody say obey God. Obey God God, no matter what. No matter who disobeys God, you obey God. One of the best things you ever did for your family is to follow God. And obey God fully. There, it may seem like you're going apart in the beginning. And you may. But in the end, you'll be glad you did. Because the same ones that pulled against you can come back to you later on and go, oh man, pray for me. You know, help me. I was in rebellion. I thank God you didn't go with me. 
Be strong. Be strong to obey. (laughs) You feel that? (laughs) Oh, brother. Well, don't just get annoyed at me about it. Ask the Lord about it. Go to him. Ask him what he says about it. Adam rebelled against God. And the way he did it was by listening to his wife instead of listening to God. That's not theory and conjecture. I read your scriptures that said that. And you and I need to identify this ugly stuff. I don't care who you are, man, woman, young person. You will be tempted in this area to rebel. You need to know what it feels like in you. You need to know what it sounds like coming out of your mouth. And you need to despise it. You need to hate it. I know it's a strong word, but you need to hate rebellion. Because God does. Now, go with me, if you would, to uh, Proverbs, the third chapter. Rebellion means to oppose, oppose, resist. And another word that you'll see in the scripture is the word froward, F-R-O-W-A-R-D, froward, And it means to be habitually disposed to disobedience and opposition. What is a froward person? You can tell by the sound of the uh, word. It means to be against. To be froward is to be habitually disposed. There are people who just like to argue. If you say it's black, they're going to say white without looking. If you say it's up, they're going to say down before they check. Just because you said up, they're going to say down. Husbands and wives get in a habit of this. They say, oh, it's just friend. You know, that's just us. We just argue. That's just how we are. You need to quit. You need to change. It's not okay. It's not okay because this frowardness with men reveals frowardness with God. Most people don't believe that, but it's true. If you are obedient with God, you will show that through obedience to people that are over you in the Lord and over you in the workplace or whatever, if you're obedient to God, you're obedient to people. It goes hand in hand. But if you're always arguing, 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 resisting, opposing, then that's how you are with God. It's a fact. And it's manifesting through people. (laughs) Proverbs 3, are you there? Proverbs 3, verse 32. Proverbs 3.32 says, 3.32, for the froward is what? Abomination to the Lord, but his secret is with the righteous. The froward. Froward is somebody habitually disposed to disobedience and opposition. Look at the 8th chapter of Proverbs, Proverbs 8. I want us to see how God sees this. We want to see it exactly the way he does. Proverbs 8, 13. 8, 13. The fear of the Lord 
is to hate evil. Do you fear the Lord? Then do you hate evil? That was weak. Pride and arrogancy and the evil way and the what? Froward mouth do I hate, he said. What's a froward mouth? Have you ever heard of froward mouth? Yeah, you've had a froward mouth. What does a froward mouth sound like? Huh? No. Uh-uh. Opposition. Resist. No. No. I'm my own man. Nobody can make me. I don't have to do that. And you know, this is a favorite among people who think they're so spiritual. I don't do what any man says. I only do what the Lord says. You ever heard that? I only do what the Lord says. Well, then it's a complete mystery between you and God of your obedience then, isn't it? Nobody could know. That's a lie. I said that's a lie. Obedience to God is revealed in obedience to people. Like everything else. How many remember he said, if you say you love God and you hate your brother, you're a liar. How do we know you love God? Love your brother. How do we know you obey God? Obey. Man. Boy, this is really going over big. And I mean, can you tell? Whoo, this is a hit. I can tell right now. Boy, the downloads off the internet going to be off the chart, aren't they? Everybody's going to want this CD on Rebellion. (laughs) But you know me now once I'm on it. If I believe it's the Lord, I'd do it if every one of you left. I'd do it. Elsewise, I'd be disobedient. Right to Him. Don't want that. We live in a world where people don't understand obedience. People start jobs and stop them and start churches and go somewhere else and marriages and, and just change partners just because they get tired of it or they don't like this or they don't like it. They don't understand submission and obedience. But God has never changed. He's always been very, very big on this. He actually hates this frowardness, this rebellion. In the uh, sixth chapter, you can turn right there if you like. He said a very similar thing in verse 12, Proverbs 6, 12. A naughty person, a wicked man walks with a froward mouth. Verse 14, frowardness is in his heart. He devises mischief continually. He sows discord. Now get this, a froward person sows discord. Why will they? Another word for rebellion is bitterness. Remember the word Mara? Bitter. And what did the Bible say a root of bitterness could do? Said many could be defiled from it. A rebellious person will huddle with other people in a corner and sow rebellion. I don't think this ought to be, and I'm not going to go along with that. And what do you think? I don't, I'm not going to do it. What about you? And sow it. And so discord. And what the Bible, what am I reading here? The Bible said God hates that.
that. Now that's a strong thing to say that God hates it. Picture it, you know. Have you ever seen people huddle in a corner? Come here, come here, I need to talk to you. Now I don't know how you feel about this, but I just ain't going for all that. I, no, uh-uh. I know they said, but I ain't doing What about you? Joe, here, you come over here too. Joe, you and Susie, come on, let me tell you about this. How does God see that? God hates it. How about you? Are you a huddler? Are you a whisperer? Are you a discord and strife sower? Are you an opposer? You like to incite rebellions and mutinies? Let's overthrow this thing. Let's put us a new captain in this thing. You know what the next phrase is? Well, who are we going to put? Well, (laughs) I would be available. See, ulterior motive. Deception and rebellion go hand in hand. Let me read this to you. How does God see rebellion? We've already seen scriptures here that say he hates it. He hates it. Listen to how he described to them in Deuteronomy 21. Deuteronomy 21. Y'all can just put that up on the screen if you can find it. Deuteronomy 21, 18. In telling them what to do about this, Deuteronomy 21, 18. He said, if a man has a stubborn and rebellious son, which will not obey the voice of his father or the voice of his mother... And when they've chastened him, he still won't listen to them. They've punished him, and he still won't listen. Verse 19, his father and mother will lay hold on him and bring him out to the elders of the city, to the gate of his place. And they will say to the elders, this our son is stubborn and rebellious. He will not obey our voice. He is a glutton and a drunkard. Gluttony and drunkenness. Are manifestations of rebellion. Hmm? Because people know better. They know better. But they ain't going to do better. And that's the nature of your flesh. Your flesh. You know your flesh does not need nine pieces of pie at one time. (laughs) But what's the nature of your flesh? I want what I want. And I don't care. And you shut up. Hmm? Maybe you're 93 pounds overweight. And maybe your spouse has tried to talk to you about it. And you know you shouldn't be doing it. But what? Hush. Leave me alone. What's that talking? I'm going to have it. You know you shouldn't be eyeing that other man's wife. You know you shouldn't be trying to meet with them and have an affair. You know it. Why would you go on and do it anyway? Rebellion. Somebody say rebellion. Rebellion. When you know to him that knows to do good and does it not, it is sin. It's not ignorance. It's not a mistake. People try to flower it up and they go... Well, it just happened. You can't help who you fall in love with. We were just working together and just, you know, sharing with each other. And next thing you know, I had spent the night. I didn't mean to. You're kidding yourself. You knew better. 
You knew the time you looked at each other too long. You knew when you sat down and you were alone and nobody was there. You knew it. You knew it. You knew it. And you rebelled against God. You rebelled against your own conscience. And you went right on and did it just like Adam and Eve. There's no excuse for it. Thank God there is forgiveness. And there is cleansing. But there's no excuse. It's not ignorance. It's not just a mistake. But now you understand, it's not popular nowadays to talk like this, is it? People want to talk about, well, I have a problem. But I'm working on it. And they'll still be doing it three years from now and expect, you know, well, y'all be patient with me. I'm working on it. What does that mean? You having an affair and you working on it. What does that mean? You, you used to have four women on the side. Now you're down to two. I mean, what does that mean? You are in sin and you haven't repented. You know better and you're rebelling against your own heart and against God. It is not ignorance. It is rebellion. Now you've done this kind of thing. Maybe you didn't have four women on the side, but you've done this in some measure somewhere. But we need to put a stop to it because it is the very nature of the devil himself. And God, our God, hates it. And I don't want to be a 10 miles of anything God hates. You? No. Let's get free. Let's be honest. Let's be humble. Let's be believers. Let's trust God. Let's obey. Somebody say obey. obey. Let's obey. Let's quit playing games. Say it out loud. Quit playing games. Don't play games. Don't act like you don't know. When you do, don't act like you didn't understand. See, again, deception goes with rebellion. Have you ever seen that? Somebody got caught, and they knew they weren't supposed to be doing a particular thing, and they look at you and go, oh, oh, you mean you didn't want me to do that? Lying, lying. Which is rebellion. You're rebelling against it. And what will happen to those that rebel? You'll be destroyed, the Bible said. It'll cost you. Hmm. Well, I know maybe this is not what you'd have picked to hear today, but he said, this is the law. What if you've got somebody and after talking to them and talking to them, they just won't listen. They are stubborn. They are rebellious. The Lord says, here's what you do. You correct him and he still won't obey you. Verse uh, 21. Then what you do is you get all the men of the city and you stone them. Won't they die? Yeah. Stone them with stones that he dies. And put away evil from among you. And then all Israel will hear and fear and it will really cut down on rebellion. (laughs) Now we're laughing. But this was not funny. This happened. Now you might say, dear God, Brother Keith. They just were rebellious. I mean, everybody goes through that rebellion stage. If they had, the whole nation would have been wiped out. That's right. That's right. If they'd acted on this like he told them. No, you do not have to go through a rebellious stage. Kids don't. Teenagers don't. Adults don't have to have rebellious phases. That's a lie of the devil. You might as well say, well, everybody has to go through a phase God hates. 
Everybody has to go through a phase where they act like the devil and yield to the devil. Everybody has to yield to the nature of the devil. No, you do not. I said you do not. Why am I saying this? This stubbornness and rebellion was a capital offense punishable by death. We need to see the seriousness of this. Because we haven't, have we? It was the same sentence as murder. Someone said, that's too harsh. Watch who you're talking about. You know who said it? That ain't fair. Watch out. God knows what is fair. The thing is, we live in a generation and a society that has been so watered down until we think a little stubbornness just shows that you got a mind of your own. And you got little children that are terrors. And somebody says something about it and the mama says, well, you know, they have a mind of their own. They have an independent little spirit. It shows they're going to be a leader one day. No, it does not. There was somebody else that was going to be a leader one day. Hmm? That was independent minded in heaven. And said, I will exalt my throne above the most high. And said no to God. No. See it for what it is. The ugly, ugly stuff that it is. Look in, uh, turn to Ezekiel 11. Excuse me, Jeremiah 28 first, then Ezekiel. Oh, Lord, help me with this. This is so big. Everybody's enjoying it so much. That, uh, well, you, you, in your diet, you need things other than just ice cream and potato chips. Right? You know, if it's meat... You have to chew it before you swallow it. Hmm? You have to chew on it some before you just swallow it. But meat of the word is good. Jeremiah 28, are you there? I'm still spending time on seeing rebellion the way God sees it. We saw repeatedly that it is an abomination to him. He hates it. He despises it. It was under the law an offense, a capital offense punishable by death. Now you know the Lord is just and fair. These are these parents' kid. This is their teenager, their son. You know they love him. You know God loves him. Why would he be so serious about this? Because this is what messed with heaven. This is what, uh, you know, undid the Garden of Eden. This is some of the most serious stuff on the planet. And if you don't stop it and you let it spread through the nation, it seems so hard for a, a young man, a young woman to be stoned to death. You think that's hard? How about all the young men and young women being destroyed, the whole nation being destroyed? That's what he was endeavoring to prevent. Thank God today, there's grace. There's grace. There's mercy. But God still hates rebellion. And it's still as serious as it ever was. Tell me what rebellion is. Tell me what the spirit of it is. Opposition. Resistance. 
you know, your leader says one thing and whoever's over you, your parent, your boss, whatever the case is, and you, what's your response to it? Uh-uh. No. And the devil tries to twist it around going, well, don't be weak. Don't be anybody's doormat. Be your own man. Stand up. Be a man. And what he means by that is rebel. Rebel. You got it all mixed up. You think in order to be strong, you got to be rebellious. It takes more strength to be humble. It takes more strength to bite your lip and put your flesh under and obey. It takes a lot more strength to keep your mouth shut and obey. Jeremiah, are you there? I got a little bit more I need to share. Jeremiah 28 and 15. Jeremiah had been prophesying and it wasn't good things. Hananiah was prophesying against Jeremiah. If you've read this, you know this. Jeremiah was saying destruction is coming because everybody's disobeyed God and threw God's commandments behind their back. Hananiah says, nah, Jeremiah don't know God. He ain't heard from God. And he was withstanding and he was resisting and opposing Jeremiah. And verse 15, the prophet Jeremiah said to Hananiah the prophet, hear now, Hananiah, the Lord has not sent you, but you make this people to trust in a lie. Somebody say rebellion Rebellion. and lying. Therefore, thus says the Lord, behold, I will cast you from off the face of the earth. And this year you will die because you have taught rebellion against the Lord. And Hananiah, the prophet, died the same year in the seventh month. For doing what? Teaching rebellion. Was it so serious he didn't live out the year? Because he opened up his mouth and opposed. Now we've seen this before. Anybody remember Dathan? Korah? Abiram? They took famous men in the assembly. Hundreds of them. And they came to Moses and Aaron. And they said, who do you think you are? Who put you in charge? Everybody in the congregation is holy. We all know God. People that say today, we all have the Spirit. We all know how to hear from God. Who do you think you are? And Moses said, uh, he fell, actually fell on his face first and said, God, he knew they were in trouble. Have mercy on them. Then he sent word to the leaders privately, would y'all come see me? He's trying to save everybody's face and work this thing out. Would y'all come see me? They said, no, we are not coming to see you. He's the leader. Of the night, no, we're not coming. No. Spirit of rebellion. Then God said, you tell the people to get their stuff away from them. They better separate themselves from this right now. So he went out and told them. And you remember, they come prancing up there, all of them holding up censers. Because what they were after was the priesthood, the Bible said. They wanted the priesthood. They all come prancing out there, holding their censers up. We all know God. We all have the Spirit. And there was this rumbling under the ground. Anybody remember? There was this great big rumbling. And the earth opened up. And Dathan and Korah and Abiram and their wives and their kids and their dogs and sheep and goats. All went down alive and the ground closed up. And God said, that's what I think about rebellion. That's serious. Isn't it serious? Do you want to have any part of this? Do you want to allow any of this to be in you? 
Do you want to yield to these kind of feelings or thoughts? Do you want to talk like this? You don't want to have anything to do with this, I'm telling you. You don't. Hananiah died because he taught rebellion. You see it happen again in Ezekiel. Ezekiel 11. Ezekiel 11, 1. The Spirit of the Lord lifted me up, brought me to the east gate of the Lord's house. He said, I saw Jazaniah, Azur, Pelatiah, the son of Benaiah, princes of the people. And verse 2, the Lord said to him, Son of man, these are the men that devise mischief and give wicked counsel in this city. And they say, it's not near. Because see, he, Ezekiel was saying, destruction is on us. We got to repent. We got to get right. And these people came and said, nah, nah. What's that? Nah. Uh-uh. No, he's wrong. Forget all that. There ain't no destruction. Build your houses. Do your big projects. We're going to be here forever. So he told him, prophesy, son of man. And if you skip down to verse 13, he prophesied. What does it say? Verse 13. It came to pass when I prophesied, Pelatiah, the son of Benaiah, died on the spot while he's prophesying. Why? Rebellion. Because he had taught rebellion. Now there's other things to see. And I know this doesn't make you jump up and shout. But friend I want you to understand. How God sees this. How bad it is. How destructive it is. How it can ruin your life. It already has. Robbed people of so many things. We live in a society that condones rebellion, that teaches rebellion. We, you know, most of the universities in this land teach rebellion. They teach it. The whole move of the 60s was a move of rebellion. Oh, people want to sound high and above it all, and they want to criticize the government, and they want to crit- And there are people that have done some bad things. But if you notice, these people have no answers. All they know how to do is judge. They're not fixing anything. They're not helping anybody. They're just judges. Because they're rebels. And people laugh about it, and they say, I'm a rebel. I'm a rebel without a cause. I got a little rebellious streak. I'm a little stubborn sometimes, and, but that's just me. And you don't want to be a little bit of this. You don't want to have anything to do with this. Do you? No. You love God. Yes. You trust God. Yes. You submit to God and you obey God. And that includes him doing what he tells you to do. And if he tells you to help somebody and submit to them, then by submitting to them, you're submitting to him. You're doing what he told you to do. Would God we could see this. I know the Lord told me years ago to help Brother Hagin. I didn't know what that meant. I thought I'd be there a few months and then go back to Mississippi where we came from. Twenty-something years later. I was still helping Brother Hagin, and it had taken me 
all over the country. It had taken me into all kind of things. I had done everything from uh, pack bags and drive cars to sing songs and preach sermons and fly airplanes and fill out forms and sweep floors and direct parking and help Brother Hagen. But that was my ministry. And if I had rebelled against him, it is rebelling against God, who's the one who told me to help him. Oh, can you see this? And we got all these people who are going, oh, I believe God, I obey God, I trust God. But now I don't listen to any man. I don't obey man. It's not how it works. How do you serve God? It's easy enough to have this pie-in-the-sky idea, but it's got to hit the road somewhere, sometime, where you're doing something with somebody, somewhere. It's going to involve people. Well, I wish this was a little more fun for you. But, listen, listen. For the time is upon you. The time is short. Unless there are adjustments made, many will miss the things that are imminent. Unless heart changes are made, unless mind changes are made, some will not go forward with that which was pre-planned, predestined for them, Before the foundation of the world, that which they have been drawn to, called to, molded for, trained for, even so, if changes are not made, they shall not enter in. Even as the children of Israel did not enter into the promised land, though it was prepared for them before the foundation of the world. For man has been made free. Man has a choice. Man may obey or can choose not to obey. But if the man chooses to disobey, there will not be fulfillment of the plan of God in their life. There will not be the reaching of the highest place and the fullest place for them. But the rebellious shall dwell in a dry land, in a barren wilderness of life. It was so in times past, it is so now. So the Spirit of God would draw you now. The Spirit of God would teach you now. The Spirit of God would put a finger on that which is displeasing to God and that which would hold you out and that which would keep you from the call on your life. Say not, it is a weariness. Say not, ah, I don't want to hear that. Say not, but rejoice and say, I will hear it. I will hear it gladly and I will receive it and I will change that I may not be held out, that I may not be held back, but that I may go full forward and receive the fullness and stand in the fullness of the blessing and the call of God for me. Hallelujah. Stand on your feet, please. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.